Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Meditation. We have so far understood that the yogi is trying to achieve the state of mind where he is not attached to either the sense objects or his actions or he does not have any grand plan for the future, the sankalpas. To achieve this state of mind, one obviously had to turn one's gaze to the inner self and stop the mind running out to the outer world. The nature of the mind is obviously to go after the sense objects because it is receiving the information from the senses, senses report to the mind, and mind wants to go out and analyze those experiences in the world of sense objects. For this mind to train, to turn inward, is the training of meditation. And we have seen that Bhagwan has given a clear instruction of how to start this practice. Obviously, anything which we are doing and we want to change it, you have to make it a practice, a habit. I heard somewhere that if you do something seven times, it becomes a habit. And I have personally had experience that if I get up one day at 6.30 and it seems too early, uh, the next day I try a little harder and still get up at 6.30, and then after a while, that becomes my normal routine that I'll get up at 6.30. So the mind gradually gets used to of what we do in a routine manner, or we do it repeatedly. My mind is a flow of thoughts. In whatever direction we turn it, that's the direction the mind will start flowing into. Right now, the mind has been trained since my birth to go out to the outside world and gather information, whether that experience is conducive or not conducive, whether it is a pleasant or unpleasant experience. And my happiness or unhappiness right now is defined by my experiences which are either conducive or unconducive, pleasant or unpleasant. Dhyana Yoga is the practice to turn this mind away from these outer experiences and experience the inner self. So, so far we have seen that the instruction is given that having lived the life 
of a selfless activity. In other words, I have now changed my priorities in my life where whatever I am doing, I will be thinking about the greater good. I am an architect, then I will think about not only practicing this art for making money or making my living, but also how good I can make the others' lives. My clients will be using these buildings whether have I improved their lives. And that will be my motivation in practicing my art. If I train my mind to think that way for everything I do, my activity will start becoming more selfless than selfish. More and more I practice my selfless activities, my mind becomes purer and purer and seeing the world outside. But I have yet not trained itself to turn inward to see what is the experience of myself. And that's where the meditation come in place. So the instruction we have seen in last few verses, it says, Suchavudese pratishthapya stiram asanam atmanaha. Establish a place of your own meditation, which is steady and firm. Na ati uchritam na ati necham. That it is not too tall, not too low. And once I've established my place of meditation, I've become comfortable on that asana, and I've sit down with my folded legs or any other position which is most comfortable. The whole goal is to make my body so comfortable that my mind does not run towards discomfort of my body. My mind gets used to of sitting at that place and realizing that now is the time to contemplate and meditate. I'm training my mind, I'm programming my mind once I sit down at this place, it is time to meditate. What do I do once I sit down? I sit down, close my eyes lightly, and then the instructions say, Tatra Ekagra Manakrutva. Then focusing the mind at a single point, Yatachitta Indriya Kriyaha, that controlling the senses. I'm not letting my eyes to see, my ears to hear, or my skin to feel any touch. And I will be practicing this for the purpose of Atma Vishuddhaya, for purifying my internal instrument. I keep this goal in mind at the seat of meditation, that I am doing this for the purification of my internal instrument. Antahakarana, my mind and intellect, the operating system of myself, which is my mind and intellect, I want to purify it. So the next three verses give us further instructions in what would be the most appropriate posture to achieve that. So the verse 13 says, Samam kaya shiro grivam dharayan achalam sthiraha. I sat down, I closed my eyes, 
but I'm trying to focus my mind and I feel the weight of my body is slouching me down and slumping me down and that distracts me. I have never understood this before I joined Chinmaya Mission and started hearing and learning about meditation. But I heard Swamiji saying that the most comfortable position will be to sit erect. If you are seated at the seat of meditation, not only that you have to have a right, right seat, but you have to have a right posture so that you can sit without any stress and strain or having any discomfort in your body in the posture which is the most natural, most natural posture. And I now understand more as an architectural statement that if I have the column straight, it will have less stress because I'm transferring all the load on that column straight to Mother Earth. But if I have a bent column and I'm putting a load on the second floor at the top of that column, that column actually will have more stresses and strain. And I'm going to design it in a way that it has more reinforcement and all different type of calculations to make sure that that column remains in place. So simple fact in our normal structural knowledge that if I have a straight column, it requires a less strength and it will because it will have less strain of the load coming on top of it or load imposed on it. Now this actually applies to our body too because our body is nothing but a structure just like any building structure. So when we are sitting down, our backbone if it is bent, it will put more stress on it to, to keep itself in place. The stress and strain will then eventually will transfer to my mind. And it will start thinking about how do I become comfortable under this stress and strain. So I need to create a posture which is the most natural in nature. Is to have a straight column. My backbone should be completely straight. So therefore it says samam kaya shira grivam. Keep the head, neck and the body in a straight line. It's an observation by our rishis that this is the most comfortable position for our body. It will less strain. If you work on your posture and all the time make sure that you are sitting straight, you will realize that it's the most comfortable position and you can sit in that position for a longer period of time without feeling any stress on your body. And this comes straight from Bhagavad Gita. Samam Kaya Shirogrivam Having your body, neck and head in the straight line Dharayan Achalam Sthiraha Hold it Achalam Dharayan hold it Achalam without moving. Once again Let's go back to my own architectural training. If I have a column which has the wind load applied on it and it is moving in the wind, 
Now, I learned that to my surprise when I started working on high-rise buildings, that all high-rise buildings actually kind of sway in the wind just like a tree moves in the wind. We typically think the buildings are stable and they don't move, but all buildings move just like a tree would move in a wind. And I even have heard that people get seasickness on the on the top floors of high-rise, for those who are very, very sensitive to movement. Because at the top floor, if you are in a 100-story building or 110-story building and you are on a 110th floor, the movement may be in feet. The building moves several feet from one side to another. And people who are sensitive, most people may not feel it. But some people who are very sensitive start feeling their movement. They develop something similar to seasickness. So, in other words, if the column was straight, no other force is applied on it and not moving, it has the least stresses. But now the building I am anticipating is going to move in the wind, the engineer has to calculate that movement and apply those forces on it so that it's going to remain steady at the wind load applied on it. And he has to add more reinforcing more strength to those columns to remain intact in that condition. So our backbone and our body, when it is moving, it experiences more stress and strain and eventually that transfers to our mind. If I want to have my mind completely relieved of any kind of a thinking, I need to relieve it from any stress or strain coming from my body. So Bhagavan said, Dharayan Achalam, without moving, steer firmly, Hold this posture of having the head, neck and the body in this straight line without moving. That does not mean I will have a stiff posture, that I am trying not to move, but naturally achieve that firmness in a most relaxed manner. Now I have the, the seat, I sat down on it, I held my body in a firm position, I have a posture corrected, so I am in a straight line, my backbone is completely straight, what do I do next? How do I control my mind at one point? I have to give my mind something to think about, something to focus on. So the next line says, Sampreksya Nasika Agram Swam. Gaze at your own nose tip. Now somebody will say, but Neil, my eyes are closed. How am I going to gaze at my nose tip? Well, you're not really seeing. You're trying to focusing on it. So with your eyes closed, focus your mind at the tip of your nose. You're not seeing it, you're imagining it. Focusing your mind at the tip of your nose. Sampraksinasika agramswam Disacha anavalokayan Without seeing in the other directions. Our mind has a very imaginative nature. So when you close your eyes, the first thing mind does is, well, I can see now, but let me imagine what's around me. What, if I look on right, what must be happening? Would I look on the left, what must be happening? 
what could be behind me and what could be ahead of me. This nature of imagining things, we now need to stop, a mind to do. Therefore, I am trying to focus my mind at the tip of my nose and not letting it go in all other directions. So the verse 13 has told us how to sit erect, hold the body firm, then gaze at the tip of your nose with your eyes lightly closed and not let the mind try to imagine what's on the other side. And the next verse says this, Prasantatma vigatabihi brahmachari vratesthitaha manaha samyamya matchittaha yukta asita matparaha So now what am I contemplating on? What am I meditating upon? So the verse is Prasantatma, serene minded. I have emptied my mind of all the other thoughts. I have made my body so relaxed and firm that there is no thought about the body. I'm not thinking about anything else outside because I'm focusing on the tip of my nose. My mind has become now quiet. If normally the activity of mind has, let's assume, a imaginary number of thousand thoughts a second, now I have just one thought of looking at the tip of my nose. So my mind has become relatively quiet and vigatabhi, I am fearless. I have no fear because I have no thought. Fear comes from uncertainty. When I am uncertain about something, there is a fear. If I see someone who does not look like me, does not talk like me, I am fearful. But if I am not thinking about anything, there will not be any fear. So, my mind has quietened down, having a very least amount of activity in just controlling it in a focused thought of gazing at the tip of my nose, and it has become fearless. Brahmachari vratesthitaha. I am established in the vrata of a brahmacharya. Vrata, vow. I am established in the vow of brahmacharya. I can only achieve this state if I have been living the life of a brahmachari. So the next idea comes in our mind as well, then this is for the people who never got married, never had any kind of an encounter with the opposite sex. He is the only one who can practice this. The word brahmacharya obviously means the one who is engaged in Brahma-vichara. Brahma-acharati, Brahma-charati, iti Brahmachari. So, one who is established in Brahma-vichara is a Brahmachari. So, my life may be of a householder, but at this time, at the seat of my meditation, the only vichara, only thought I will entertain is that of the Brahman, that of the old pervading self, that almighty God who is all pervading, omniscient and omnipotent. So I'm establishing myself for that period of my meditation in the Brahma Vichar. So 
here Krishna gives me in another pointer that once I have focused my gaze at the tip of my nose, what do I let my mind do? I will let my mind think about the Brahman, my Supreme Self, my unconditioned Self, myself without any conditioning is my Supreme Self. My Atma without any conditioning is a Paramatma. So in that moment at the seat of meditation, I'll be focusing on Brahma Vichar. I'll be thinking only about the Supreme Self. Now the Manaha Samyamya, now that the mind is controlled, Matchittaha, having me as the focus or the thought, now here the me as the Lord Krishna in the first person singular as his supreme self. So me as the supreme matchittaha, yuktaha asita matparaha. Having controlled the mind, thinking of me, and completely balanced, let the seeker seat, having me the Lord, the supreme self, as the goal goal of the meditation is to realize my Supreme Self, myself without any conditioning. Right now myself is conditioned by my body, my mind and my intellect. Without any identification with my body, mind and intellect, the same self is the all-pervading Supreme Self. Having that as a goal, focusing my mind, I'm practicing meditation. So the next verse 15 says, Yunjan evam sada atmanam yogi niyatamanasaha Thus, always keeping the mind balanced, the yogi with the niyatamanasa, mind controlled, Santim Nirvana Paramam Matsanstam Adigachade. Why should I be bothered of doing all these things? Why cannot I be enjoying watching TV or reading a book or doing something else? Bhagavan said that your goal all along in your life is to achieve that peace. That everlasting peace which will relieve you from all stress and strain of this life and make you completely blissful. Well, the only method is to get rid of your limitations. Limitations imposed on you by your body, your mind and your intellect. Once I have trained my mind in the meditation, to turn its gaze toward self. Now you are seeing the same self which you consider yourself with the conditioning, without the conditioning. This release from your conditioning will achieve a state where you will achieve the Santim Nirvana Parama. The peace you will experience will culminate into 
निर्वाण लिबोरेशन मत संस्थान अधिगछदे एंड यू विल अचीव द माय अबोर्ड यू विल कम टू द माय स्टेट ऑफ एक्जिस्टेंस वी हैव लर्न्ड ओवर एंड ओवर अगेन व्हेन लॉर्ड कृष्णा addresses himself as the first person singular he is not addressing himself as the devaki's son or arjuna's cousin he is addressing himself as the supreme being without any conditioning i lord krishna when i identify with supreme self i have a complete bliss bhagwan said that when you also will achieve that state of not identifying with the body mind and intellect by practicing meditation you will achieve this peace which will culminate into the liberation from your own limitations imposed on you by own mind own body your intellect and therefore you will achieve the same state which i have which is of an all pervading omniscient omnipotent god we'll stop right here om sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramayaha sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschit dukha bhag bhavet om shanti शांति शांति हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ